Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zombie Girls Podcast. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me in, in the sweaty hellscape that is the Bay Area at the moment, <laughs> Matilda! Hello! How are you doing? I'm warm. <laughs> <laughs> also joining me from the depths of hell, Sarah! Hi! Ah, how's it going down there? Nice, nice and cozy? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Isn't it supposed to be like 109 today? I think it cooled down to 104. Oh, breezy. Jesus. Lovely, yeah. lovely. All right. And enjoying the nice summer weather in the Pacific Northwest like a fucking jerk is Ariel. <laughs> hey, it was 102 here yesterday. Okay, so. you're not. I take it back. You're not a jerk. <laughs> I'm just very salty about anyone who is not like slow roasting in their own home right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I totally get that. <laughs> okay, but nobody cares about that. So, all right. Normally, this is where I would ask you what you've all been up to, but since we're all in pandemic mode, I'm guessing the answer is nothing. <laughs> so, yeah, pretty close. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Unless there's any sexy neighbors we need to know about. No, no, but some new neighbors started moving in yesterday, so we'll oh, see. Oh, I cannot wait to see what freakazoids have moved in above you. All right, great. Okay, so we'll we'll put a pin in that till we get some action. All right, so instead I'm going to ask you something different this time. Today we're going to be talking about Return to Oz and The Black Hole, both movies that are responsible for messing kids up if you grew up in the 70s and 80s. So I guess what I wanted to ask, what is the movie that messed you up as a kid? I'll go first. For me, it was The Last Unicorn, that freaking fiery bull. Oh my God, it scared me so bad when I was a kid. <laughs> All right, what about you guys? What movies freaked you out when you were a little kiddo? People Under the Stairs. Okay, so specifically like kids movies but i think that counts <laughs> I, I forgot to stress that but like yes I think if it's that a counts. kids movie then probably like the dark crystal oh yes mm. yes that's a good one how about you sarah what what totally messed your head up when you were a kid that was supposed to be for kids the real answer is the thing but the one that's for kids yeah, yeah definitely dark crystal and also labyrinth what are they called the fireys the ones that Change oh, body parts. Yes. oh yeah still mm-hmm. fuck me up <laughs> <laughs> yeah that song is a bop though <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> how about you matilda what was the one that messed you up when you were a kid for me it's watcher in the woods with betty davis yeah. and the- yes. yeah have you ever seen the picture of the watcher that they did not include no they're oh. okay so they designed it it is the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. I'm sad it's not in the movie because it would have been responsible for so much delightful trauma. I feel like these movies set us up to be horror fans and Watcher in the Wood really missed its chance to be the movie that turned you into a horror fan. I would like make um, school friends watch it at slumber parties and once somebody's parents had to come pick them up in the middle of the night. Oh no. <laughs> oh, you were that kid. I, I was that the- kid. I that we were destined to be friends. Oh, I yeah. see it. Whoa. Yeah, that like melting owl thing. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. You're welcome. So that's well, I've done my good deed for the day. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into what we have been watching. Since we all have our ACs off for the duration of this recording, it is gonna be really quick today. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're going to do our lightning round, what you've been watching again, starting with Ariel. What have you been watching, my friend? So I started watching the new Perry Mason show. 
that's okay. on HBO. It's sort of a dark prequel to the original show. Honestly, it's really nothing like the original show, except some of the characters are the same. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, he's not even a lawyer when it starts. He's a private detective. Mm-hmm. But it's really good. It's a very good, dark, dark detective story, essentially. And the, I would say the only caution would be that there is a dead baby in the first episode, and they like to show it frequently throughout the yeah. series. Um, <laughs> But it's really good. And if you have a fondness for the original Perry Mason, like it's it's really in tone, nothing like it. But one of my favorite characters from the original was Della Street, his assistant. And she's really great in this one. And she's a oh, queer great. character, which is nice, too, and cool. sort of has more to do than she did in the original. And Tatiana Maslany plays a faith healer. And she's really interesting. Yeah, so it just ended, and yeah, I thought it was good, and it looks like maybe they're going to do a second season, so I'm happy about that. The other thing I watched was Shudder did this movie called Host. Have yes, I watched this too. Yeah, you did. I hear yeah. really great I went things to, about I, that. I was going to put it on my list, and I was like, oh, she already watched it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Host is, a, like, I think it's like a 55-minute movie that Shudder made during the pandemic and everybody like all the different actors are on zoom so the Mm -hmm. premise is that they're having a seance as sort of like a way to entertain themselves and they hire a psychic medium to come in on zoom and walk them through this process and then one of them kind of turns the whole thing into a joke nobody's really taking it seriously even though they were warned to and then spooky stuff happens indeed yeah um it was it was really interesting. It's very short, quick. It's not, you know, it's not treading any new ground other than the fact that it's done on Zoom. But I thought it was pretty fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think you this movie could be overhyped. And so I want to be careful about like, being like, oh, my God, it's amazing. You know, because I, I think your best viewing experience is to go in with moderate expectations and then have them exceeded, which is what happened yeah. for me. I actually found there are a couple visual moments that are I thought were genuinely creepy Mm -hmm. and I was very impressed with what they were able to do in quarantine. There are certain things that I was just like, how did you even achieve that without other being crew or special effects? Well, they did have a special effects team, I guess that oversaw stuff that helped Mm -hmm. them out with figuring out how to do things, but it is very impressive that they were able to pull any of it off. And it's, it's weird, too, watching it, knowing that it was recorded during the pandemic, and they're all aware of that. Like, there's mentions of the guy, and it is quarantining with his girlfriend's wealthy yeah. family. One of the characters has to leave Zoom to go see about another character, and she puts on a mask yep. before she goes. Yep. So it's odd, because we've been watching all these horror movies that make you think about the pandemic, mm-hmm. but not that actually are set during it. Mm-hmm. It's just fun. It's a fun creepy yeah. little movie i would yeah definitely and it's so short it's it like mm-hmm. you know watch it because it is fun yeah yeah and then the last thing that i watched was the rental mm, i'm very curious about this this is the dave franco directorial debut right yes it is exactly so this one is about two brothers and their significant others going to essentially an airbnb for a weekend and the kind of tension that's happening within the different couples and the guy who's running the Airbnb is kind of creepy and you're not sure like what exactly is going on there. I don't want to give anything away because it definitely has some twists that I thought were a little bit surprising. Okay. 
but this wasn't my favorite. I know a lot of people really liked this movie and really enjoyed the ending of it. I think the ending is pretty solid, but I found the characters to be like so unlikable oh, for the most part no. that I wasn't that invested. I would say one of the one of the good things about it though is that the first half of the movie you're really focused on the characters and you kind of forget that there's going to be some actual horror stuff going on that like you're watching a horror movie yeah. so it it kind of surprised me in that respect but it won't be making like my top 10 list this year okay all right fair fair enough awesome how about you matilda what have you been watching well on the recommendation of rachel you and sarah from your our last podcast i listened to the podcast hunting warhead Ooh. Ooh. oh that's awesome i did the exact same thing did you yeah what did you, what did you guys think it was intense yeah yeah <laughs> fucking around i mean it, i don't think it's super graphic but it is it content wise and like what they're where they're what they're able to achieve with that is pretty shocking yes yeah yeah the interviews with the main guy were the most shocking to me i think yeah. like mm -hmm. how honestly open he was willing to be about yeah. what he did yeah um his lack of remorse remorse guilt. and even sort of self-reflection yeah. That he has yeah. like zero insight into his own psyche and his own damage to other people is just yeah. astounding. Mm -hmm. That blew my mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> I also listened to it over the course of like two days and I don't necessarily, I would not recommend doing it that way. Yeah, I did the same thing. And then I had yes. to, also since our last podcast, since we talked about Boney M, I, I made myself an emergency good mood mixtape. That was so <laughs> smart. Um, and with a lot of Boney M on it. And uh -huh. it required a lot of emergency good mood mixtape after. <laughs> yes, yes. It's, it is a tough one. Mm -hmm. It is. But it's so compelling that I just kept listening, you know. Yeah, and I feel like yeah. it's rare that we get that kind of access to both, yeah. to like yeah. different parts. Well, I'm glad you enjoy <laughs> <laughs> if anybody wants a kind of lighter podcast recommendations that's also kind of like a six-parter or four to six-parter there's one called my year in mensa has anyone else listened to this no no about a comic who tested into mensa and goes to mensa and goes to bat with their like weird alt-right contention in mensa oh that's so, a thing yeah that, apparently yeah. so definitely check that out she's very funny okay so one of the things we've been watching is in search of darkness on shutter is anyone mm -hmm. else watching this? yes yeah no. me too it's four and a half hours long so i'm not quite done yet is anyone done <laughs> yeah i'm not yeah, i'm like no, an hour I, and a half i, mar I marathon the shit out of that that yeah that because it was just so good <laughs> it's really good and the talking heads are really fun like it's the um the younger sister from night of the comet who was also in fast times ridgemont high yeah you got a little I elvira and alex winter who is like the level of savvy film school in alex winter i was not really aware of mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah explain what it is for listeners oh it's a in documentary about 80s horror and it goes it has a big grid of movies basically and it goes movie it kind of zooms out and zooms back in and i one of the things i really love about it is it's a really equal opportunity friday the 13th gets as much time as like as night, night of the, of the comet, comet or chud nice. or you know yeah and there's a joy and an enthusiasm about those smaller movies that's really great yeah right 
Yeah. And and you get some perspective from directors, but it's not like that is weighted any differently than fans in this, which is kind of cool. I really like the way that they put this together. And then the only other thing is that I am gearing up because uh, Lovecraft Country premieres tonight. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I'm and I'm so excited. That looks great. I cannot wait. Yeah, it, does. Yeah, it really does. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right, how about you, Sarah? What have you been watching? Okay, so I've been watching quite a few things. Watch Curse, the Netflix Arthurian Lady in the Lake series. Eh, it's all right. I mean, it's fun. It, it's got a def definitely a little bit more interesting take. Um, all the characters are already, like, in their early 20s when they all meet up. So, it, you know, except for Merlin, who's ancient and beyond time. And he's like this rogue scumbag that everybody, everybody hates, but it's, it's a fun watch. Warrior Nun is a lot of fun also. I watched that too, Sarah. Actually, Warrior Nun's actually pretty good. My only complaint is where it ends. Like, mm. Yeah. We waited for the next episode and it was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, like I Kat, actually, Kat actually screamed at the TV, what the fuck, Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a weird ending because they literally ended it like in the middle of a fight. They're just like, yeah. nope, that's it. <laughs> Oh, weird. Yeah. Also, we just finished the first two seasons of the CW show In the Dark mm. about blind gal who is investigating her friend's murder. Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, it's just, it, it goes off the rails in a really fun way. Oh, okay. good. I watched the first episode and I wasn't sure if I was going to continue. Should I go? I, but I was thinking I would. Should I keep going? Yeah. Yeah. Keep mm -hmm. going. There's enough foreshadowing. You're like, oh, this is going to happen. Oh, this is going to happen. And you guess it right, but there's also little twisty twists in there that you're like, oh. Oh, okay. nice. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's fun. I'm it, sometimes it was, very soothed by fun. the low stakes of a CW show that's not going to surprise me too much. So Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I want to talk about on Shudder, a film called Yummy, which is a foreign film that's in English. It's about a lady who goes to a questionable medical clinic to get a breast reduction and ends up in the middle of a zombie attack. Oh. It's Ooh. gross, it's gory, it's funny. I highly recommend that one. The other thing I've been watching, well, okay. So I've been reading the uh, Fab Press collection of essays, Satanic Panic. Mm. And so I've been tracking down like documentaries and stuff that they mention on, well, I only use documentaries with air quotes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that they mention in like the various essays in the book. So I've been watching some of those and... One thing that struck me as really funny is all of these documentaries have people that are like, I was a high priest. I was an exalted warlock in this satanic cult. Like, nobody's ever like, yeah, I was I was Bob. I was the janitor. I'm the one that cleaned up all the goat semen in Afterbirth. You know, like, that just strikes me. That just always struck me as really funny. But now I'm like, great. Now I just want to read the stuff like like some of the books they mentioned like one of them's like danger in the toy box and it's about how ninja turtles are turning your kids gay and and, no, and uh, you know bringing so them to satan yeah i mean it's just like all these books that they mentioned I'm like stuff is so ridiculous but yeah these <laughs> these documentaries and i say that with air quotes you can pretty much find them on youtube and like a really funny one but it's like there's like two parts and they're like four hours long each 
is called uh, Hell's Bells, and it's all about this anti-rock and roll ministry. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, so that was a pretty good watch. Awesome. All right, there were, well. like, certain corners of my music nerd friends in the late 80s who, because sometimes the Satanic Panic people would come and secretly film like Christian death shows or like different yeah. bands that they perceived as satanic. And then my music nerd friends would have to go to the Christian bookstore to try to track down these DVDs. <laughs> cause it was, cause they were like completists about wanting to have everything from a certain <laughs> band. Oh my God. <laughs> and they're like, do you think they're going to know we're buying this? Like, you know, ironically, Iron- yeah. I'm like, your velvet cape is going to give it away, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, it sounds like you guys have been watching some good stuff. I watched, obviously, Host, but the other thing I watched was a movie called Impetigore. Has anybody else heard of this? Yeah, Yeah. I watched it. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, so it is also on Shudder. It is an Indonesian folklore film, so maybe Mm -hmm. it's not for everyone, but it's, I, I, that sounds... That sounds good to me. <laughs> so I thought I would check it out. It's directed by Joko Anwar, who directed also directed Satan's Slaves, which was top grossing movie ever in Indonesia. and was like on a lot of top horror film lists from 2019. This one is about a young woman who returns to her parents' village to claim what she believes to be a house that she inherited or a fortune of some kind. But what she does not realize is that the entire town wants to kill her because of something her parents did so it's pretty tense you know she gets there and she has to pretend to be like a college student so that they won't know who she is because she's trying to figure out whether or not this inheritance is hers and there's like all this stuff going on in the town and people are acting really weird because you don't totally understand what's going on it's got a pretty compelling central mystery and some fun twists and a really honestly the best part of it to me is the opening like the opening scene is really intense (laughs) i would recommend watching it just for that opening scene but it has a pretty fun like disturbing ending i think you could say Uh, (laughs) ariel i'm sure you can concur yeah definitely i mean i think this movie i really enjoyed this one for two reasons one i think the two female leads in it are great and their friendship feels really genuine yep and then also all the full core stuff is really great. And so is the gore. There's a lot of blood, but it's not like completely over the top. Yeah. That's really fun. And and just like an interesting different take on full core because we so often see that set in like European countries or maybe the East Coast of the U.S. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting to see an Indonesian version of it. Mm-hmm. I would say the one flaw is maybe there are a couple of like really big exposition dumps towards yes. the end of the movie. Yes, and they're really confusing. Mm-hmm. The only thing for me that saves it is a lot of it is done through shadow puppet shows. Yes, they're so which cool. Which are really cool because they're like these very elaborate Indonesian leather puppets. It's really cool. And there's like really cool music that goes along with it. I don't know. It was it was because we're so rarely exposed to like Indonesian culture. It was it felt incredibly fresh. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I would definitely recommend checking out Impetigore if you're down for some subtitles. Me too. Yeah, definitely. All right. So that is it for what we have been watching. Should we take a little break and then get into our reviews? Sure. Sure. All right. Sounds good. Hi, everyone. I'm Alex West. And I'm Andrea Subisati. And we're from the Faculty of Horror podcast. And you're listening to the Zombie Girls Podcast. So basically the reason I picked these was just, well, 
The reason I originally wanted to do them was mostly because I just really wanted to inflict Return to Oz on people because it's a movie that is near and dear to my heart. And then I got weird nervous about it. So then I picked something else. And then Sarah was like, I'm disappointed. And so then at the last minute, I changed it again. <laughs> it was not it was not a smooth road to these selections. But we got here. I'm and then glad I got we a- got here. And then I got like yes. a very terse message from Sarah's wife about making her unnecessarily watch horror movies. On radio. <laughs> 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 but yeah, anyway, so that's how we got to this movie. So we're going to start with the black hole. So let me give you a little bit of production information, a little background on this movie, because both of these movies have some fun trivia around them, particularly the black hole. Yeah. Mm hmm. All right, so The Black Hole was originally conceived in the 1970s as a disaster movie set on a space station being sucked into a black hole because the black holes were the hot scientific buzz at the time. And it was coming off of some pretty big hits like The Poseidon Adventure. So they thought, let's do it in space. But it basically got shelved after a series of reboots and then resurfaced after Disney saw how successful Star Wars was in 1977. (laughs) And you may feel a whisper of influence. (laughs) Just a a touch. (laughs) At the time, it was Disney's most expensive film ever made, but it was a pretty big flop at the box office. (laughs) Whoops. But it's since become kind of a cult favorite. It's also Disney's first ever PG film. Oh, mm. interesting. Use of hell and damn. I'm, I'm also <laughs> guessing mm-hmm. murderation of main characters, but we'll get to that. <laughs> film, this film's director, Gary Nelson, originally considered casting Sigourney Weaver in Yvette Miu Miu's role. Mm-hmm. Oh, that So that would have been, if she had gotten it, it would have been two movies that year where she was like in space. That, you know? <laughs> oh. Almost all of the audio in this movie is ADR. You don't say. Yeah, because there was a problem with their original audio. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's a little bit of a mess, guys. Solidarity. <laughs> Solidarity. <laughs> so Yvette Miu Miu's hair was short and curly, which, it, I mean, it was a choice. Yeah. It was a choice. But they did it because they didn't want to worry about how to make it look like it's moving realistically in zero G. So they basically Mm. created Uh her nice little hair helmet. It is her real hair. It is not a wig. Wig cop can confirm. But it was actually (laughs) styled by Vidal Sassoon himself. Oh, my word. (laughs) It's one of the last two films to feature an overture. The other one was that year, the Star Trek motion, the motion picture. Mm Mm-hmm. And that thing was long. I was like, what is wrong with my TV? Oh, yeah. at the beginning? Yeah. 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 yeah I was yeah. too like, why is the screen black for so long? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the original script to this movie just ended with, they go through the black hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The ending was mostly created in post-production. They originally planned to shoot some of it at the Sistine Chapel and even got permission from the Vatican to do so. But Disney wanted to rein back the overly religious, though they do still go to heaven and hell. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maximilian Shell ends up in a Maximilian Shell. Oh, right. Uh Uh But actually, the robot was named before they 
cast Maximilian, so that's just a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> but still, it's fun. Okay, and finally, as of 2018, a remake is still in development with Emily Carmichael, screenwriter of Jurassic World 3, writing the screenplay, and Oblivion director Joe Kosinski was originally attached to direct, but it's unclear if he's still involved with the project. This is also a favorite movie of Edgar Wright. Really? Yep. Hmm. Yep. He has done interviews about how much he loves this movie. (laughs) All right. So that's our background information on the black hole. Who has a synopsis for this bad boy? I do. All right. Lay it on us, Sarah. All right. The Black Hole, 1979, directed by Gary Nelson, starring Maximilian Schell, Anthony Perkins, Robert Foster, Joseph Bottoms, Yvette Minou, Ernest Borgnine, and featuring Slim Pickens and Roddy McDowell. Yes. The crew of the spacecraft USS Palomino discovers a black hole and a large ghost ship hanging out on its edge. They identify the ghost ship as the Cygnus, a ship lost in space some 20 years before. Upon boarding the ship, they find Dr. Hans Reinhardt, captain of the Cygnus, and his crew of robots, including the the imposing Maximilian, making plans to enter the black hole and find out what's on the other side. All right. So, Sarah, now that you had seen this before, this was the oh, first yeah. watch for both Matilda and Ariel. Yep. And I'd seen parts of it, but it was the first time I'd seen it all the way through. So, did you see this when you were a kid, or did you see it as an adult? First? Saw it as a kid. Okay. And I don't remember a whole lot about seeing it as a, as a kid, okay. other, other than Maximilian. The main reason I remember him is because there was a Star Wars children's book one of those ones that was like you know like 20 pages and came with a little record uh-huh okay and, yeah uh-huh. yeah and it was called droid world or something like that and c3po and r2d2 end up on a on a ship with some evil droids and one of them looks like maximilian amazing <laughs> yeah but, i mean uh, the design of maximilian is good yeah, yeah. It is. yeah. if you want to make a creepy robot see yeah exhibit a all of those robots <laughs> are, are fairly creepy oh yeah yeah, yeah, definitely. But, <laughs> so you don't have a ton of... My point is you don't have a ton of nostalgia around this movie. No, like, I, I, I saw this movie again when, like, uh, Netflix first started up. I, I read it a couple times, and I enjoy it. I I really like the movie, but I like <laughs> bad sci-fi, and for me, a lot of it is just, like, the backgrounds are amazing. Some of the, the, the shots, mm-hmm. the cinematography is amazing, you know, mm-hmm. when they're riding along and they're going through the long tubes, or even when they're, yeah. you know... I, there's there's a lot of it that looks visually looks really stunning and then some of it just really does not hold up <laughs> <laughs> so so you like this movie you would you're I, a fan. I do i i yeah. enjoy this movie how about you ariel what did you think of the black hole i liked it but i didn't love it okay I mean, I love that Anthony Perkins is in it and uh-huh. he gets a great death scene which is pretty <laughs> <Yes>. awesome <laughs> yeah I thought Vincent and Bob were adorable. Okay. And fun. The robot game room was kind of fun, too. Okay. Yeah, that there is one. (laughs) And like Sarah was saying, some of the cinematography is really great. The acting's pretty solid. I have to say, though, there were times when I kind of got bored. Like, I don't say this very often because I tend to, I do like slower movies often, but this movie was a little bit too slow for me. Yeah. And it also kind of feels like some of those movies made in like the 50s and 60s, like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea Time Machine. Yes. Except that it doesn't have some of that same wacky like exploration stuff. Mm -hmm. I almost wish this movie had been 45 minutes 
of them in the space station dealing with the crazy doctor guy and his robots. And then they go through the black hole and the rest of it is like wacky, crazy stuff that happens to them while they're in the black hole or when they get mm. to the other side. Mm -hmm. But... That <laughs> <laughs> wasn't what we got. <laughs> no, it was not what no, we got. No, 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 no. It's no, like no, going no, through no, the black no. hole is honestly pretty anticlimactic, I thought. I mean, there's you some cool You didn't think the like spinning but... over and over and over? No. <laughs> no, I just got car sick and then it was I over. literally <laughs> was like, while we were watching I was like, oh no, Ariel's so motion sick, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I called it. <laughs> Whoops. How about you, Matilda? What did you think of the black hole? I was very charmed by this movie. Mm -hmm. I really liked it. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. I was especially charmed by Bob. Yeah. Okay. With his little okay. like they were like, You were programmed in Houston. And so he has like this adorable little southern accent. And he <laughs> yeah. looks he looks like a Muppet after a Muppet has been through something, you know, and they're like singed <laughs> on one side. Right. Like the way that they kind of styled his I've been through some shit was very charming to me. Yeah. I did see the twist about the robots because it is the same twist as Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes. Which I looked yes. up was made the year before this, so... Oh, oh, no. It's Scandalo. Scandalo, Disney. So, yeah, I was very... And I really loved the, like, I love cheesy sci-fi of this era. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought the special effects looked pretty fantastic and were very, yes. like, heartwarming to me. And yeah. I kind of liked the ridiculous hell ending. Uh, oh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with the, like, mountains and, yeah, I was just into it. Mm -hmm. And the Maximilian's, like, egg beater arms. Like his <laughs> deadly egg beaters, super. Yes, and the jumpsuits yeah. made the me jump think about the jumpsuit game um, is strong. The jumpsuit game is strong. It made me. I was wondering if if this was inciting any fashion things at your house. Given one hundred percent, like there was a lot of like very unironic admiration of like mm, jumpsuit just looks good just looks good <laughs> in my house. And Yvette Mew Mew, like there's one shot where from the back in her jumpsuit that is stunning. Oh, she yeah. She is filling out that jumpsuit. Think, I actually think her jumpsuit is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. That like sort of mauve pink color with mm -hmm. that, with the quilted collar and mm -hmm. uh, there's like a details on the arm that's really beautiful. I mean, I get that pro it's extremely dated and like from the 70s, but I am about that fucking jumpsuit yeah. i want to put that on my body yeah but i i was very charmed by this being like very much of its era yes mm -hmm. yeah i i think the general consensus on the internet and <laughs> uh, in in corners of this podcast apparently is that this is not a good movie <laughs> um, it's, it's not a good movie but it's disagreeing but here's why all those people are wrong. Sorry, Ariel. <laughs> because I think that the black hole is pretty freaking great, man. Mm -hmm. I had not seen all of it before. And I was, like Matilda, extremely charmed by it. It's, it, yeah. it's not perfect, but it is a lot of fun. Uh, it's just so freaking odd. It's such an oddity that I could not help but be fully sucked into it. It's mm -hmm. shockingly horrifying and gruesome for <laughs> Kiss yeah. movie. <laughs> it's dark. I mean, we have a, a like a spinning trash bot who is experienced torture and is 
has PTSD yes. from being tortured by his fellow robots. Well, and he yeah. says something like they did things to me that I can't even think about or something. Like it yeah. is so dark. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and as I was watching, I was like, how does this exist? I don't know, but I'm so glad that it does because it is so crazy. You know, the plot itself, granted, very sparse, especially when you take the runtime into consideration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but but what it lacks in story, I kind of feel like it completely compensates with mood atmosphere there is this mingling sense of dread and wonder throughout everybody in this movie is very in love with the possibility of space Mm -hmm. i mean it and Mm -hmm. it is somewhat up its own philosophical ass but i don't care i kind of i mean it's i'm charmed by all of that and it's definitely helped along by the score of this movie it's so good it's so good yeah Mm -hmm. that's true it's so like eerie and mysterious and I don't know, like it, it kind of harkens back to that time when you're a kid and everything is new and everything is to be discovered. Life has not beat you into an anxiety pulp yet. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. and so I feel like this movie kind of gets at some of that, that, you know, like, is the execution perfect? No, but I love the spirit of it so much. I love it. It's just this total mood piece that literally Mm -hmm. spirals to hell but for kids (laughs) (laughs) how do you not love that Mm -hmm. (laughs) so we should probably talk a little bit about the ship itself which is a big part for me of what makes it so enjoyable it is freaking gorgeous right all those taxpayer money yeah they say (laughs) wait what when you get on the ship, one of the other... Oh, Ernest Borgnine. He says something Oh, about... yeah. oh, oh yes, I missed that. Money. That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, my God. Ernest Borgnine. The most yeah, believable so at this, this astronaut ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Ernest Borgnine. Has he ever not been that age? I feel yeah, like he's the age like in it. this movie that he... It, it, forever. The, he's that age, and that's it. As soon as you hear his voice, like, they're... He's, it's such a distinctive voice. I am. I also really enjoy Ernest Borgnine just in general. I just loved the interview of him when he was like 95 and he's like, I masturbate every day. <laughs> what? <laughs> Have you not seen this? No. I haven't seen that. He was, on, like, some, he was on some like morning news show and they're like, <laughs> And he was like 90 something. And they're like, how do you, how, you know, what's the secret to your longevity? He's like, I masturbate every day. <laughs> oh, yes. I, he's, I was just like, all right, get it, grandpa. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like the ship, it is an unspoken character. It is. All of the eerie hallways. Every time they go into a new room, it's some like elaborate, beautiful design that is super spooky. It's kind of like. The Cygnus is a, a haunted mansion in space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, somebody talked about that. There, I saw an essay on it where somebody says, you know, the Black Hole is not a science fiction movie. It's gothic. Movie. Yes. It's a gothic. I movie. had yeah. that same exact thought. He is Captain Nemo meets Dracula. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he even has that weird medallion that makes him look like freaking Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he starts off with the wild hair everywhere and the. Yeah. yeah, I'm about it. That character, just like every bit of that beautiful matte painting scenery gets chewed the fuck up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. Nobody's having a better time than Maximilian Schell on the set of this movie. But when when they're having the dinner 
Mm. I kept looking at him and thinking he looks a lot like Chris Prime. There's something about his eyes. I mean, you're saying that Maximilian Shell looks like Yeah, him? there's like what? Chris Pine with a beard. Huh. The two of them look Say alike. that there's again. Something... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, somebody had to bring the Jody energy today, okay? Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like this movie, if you're expecting some like big sci-fi opus, when we get into the later act where there's some action scenes, sure, you get some of that. But for the most part, this movie plays, like you said, like a gothic horror movie that just happens to be orbiting a black hole rather than, you know, your typical sci-fi stuff. Which is fine with me. That's a genre that I enjoy quite mm-hmm. a bit. So I mm-hmm. was I was happy to go go with it. When we get into the action, some of it's, I mean, it's a little goofy. Like, it, it's very original Star Trek. But again, I'm charmed by it. It's not a problem for me. I don't need it to be like super slick i have if i want that i'll watch the mission impossible movies again but there's also some really really beautiful shots in this movie to me like the standout shot is pretty late in the movie where the meteoroid is like rolling down the center of the cygnus and you see like mm-hmm. our heroes running across a bridge in the foreground do you guys remember this yeah. shot? yeah it's yeah freaking it's an amazing shot you can see that you know that's 1970s 20 million budget went where it went yeah <laughs> yeah it was not to bob bless his heart <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so uh robot esp is apparently a thing <laughs> right yeah that was interesting <laughs> like nobody reacts with the robot nobody is weirded out when she's like i have made contact with vincent yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everybody's like yeah sounds legit <laughs> i really wanted this to be a ride when I watched it. Me too. Right? Literally, I had the same thought. Like, Tomorrowland is wasted. I'm sorry. Yes, it should be this. It's, yes. I mean, you get some black hole vibes from Space Mountain. But I want explicit black hole content. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go to hell on Wild Mr. Ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why can't yeah. you go to hell in black hole? I, come on. Right. And in, like, Epcot, there's, like, Mission to Mars where they just blast your face with 3G or whatever. But, like, I feel like there's so many possibilities. What was the old one at Disneyland that was, like, Mission to Mars that your seat would kind of inflate and deflate? Yeah. I, I want, like, a good cheese ball ride related to this. Yes. They have the technology. They've yes. done all this stuff in, in Star Wars land. I would love to see just like a full on like 70s throwback. Cast members in jumpsuits. I want to see, I want a Bob and Vincent to be greeting us in line. You know, like mm-hmm. I, that would be amazing. I feel like they should just go full retro in Tomorrowland. Mm-hmm. Especially now that they have Star Wars land. Mm-hmm. I have strong feelings about this. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like Perfect. I want the future as imagined in like the 60s and 70s in a yeah. particular way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently there was going to be a black hole ride originally, but the movie bombed. It was going to be mm. kind of like, I don't know if you ever did uh, Astro Blasters, the Toy Story one Mm-mm. in no. Tomorrowland where you like you're in a car that was around and you have a gun like a laser, like a some sort of I don't know what kind of technology it is, and you get scored for like shooting things, and there was going to be oh. one like the shooting gallery scene that Ariel liked, in but then the movie tanked, so no ride. Mm, bummer. I know. R.I.P. Yeah, what could have been, right? <laughs> the other thing that's notable about this movie is it goes some really freaking dark places. Yeah, murderous robots. 
Maximilian we've talked about is terrifying and has spinning blades that he's constantly pulling out like he's in some like 1950s street fight all the time. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That butterfly knife flip. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like it is the robot version of that. The other thing that we talked about is the mindless ghoul thing with the crew. I just want yeah. for a minute for you guys to visualize what a prequel to this movie looks like. It is oh, wow. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then kids movie. <laughs> yeah. I know when they take that, when they finally take that robot's like faceplate off and it's like this it's skeletal human underneath. Yeah, it I can see that being really scary as a little kid. I, mean, I would argue was... that Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park is the prequel to this movie. It's just it is. Nuts. It totally yeah, is. Okay. They Fair. share the creation. There. Yeah. We want to talk about the end. The, the end the is like a poor man's 2001. You know, I've never seen 2001. What? I know. Oh, I mean, it's I fucking long. There's I a, get it. But. There, there's, a joke in, there's a joke in my family that uh, when my parents started dating, my dad took my mom to see 2001. Uh-huh. And that's the last movie he got to pick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I've seen parts of it. I've just never seen all of it. Uh-huh. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> it's just, a good one. That movie's just so beautiful. All right. I better watch it. God mm-hmm. damn it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's bloaty and pretentious as fuck because it's, you know, Kubrick, but it's beautiful. So... The thing I had seen before I actually saw all this was just the end. Reinhardt being stuck inside Maximilian in hell forever. Just like his eyes sweatily darting around inside his <laughs> helmet. With all the minions looking up at him. Yes, mm-hmm. with, that he's been shooting the into souls. the black hole this whole time. Yep. Oh, man. It is messed up. It's conceptually messed up. Like, I can't believe this is how they decided to end this character and this movie. But also the way it's shot is it is nightmare fuel. It would be scary at the end of a regular ass horror movie. (laughs) (laughs) And then they're like, but for kids, again, (laughs) let me let me reinforce this. And, you know, I'm less thrilled by what happens to our heroes because it's so weirdly ambiguous like is that earth is that heaven is that just the other side of the black hole and they're gonna go explore i would have liked a little more definitive answer Mm -hmm. yeah agreed i wish i lived with bob (laughs) (laughs) oh my god bob he was such a little hero when he went i was like no and yeah. it was like the saddest robot death so he like retracts into his thing and then if you pay attention when vincent is flying away he flies away into the mist but looking back so he sees him as long as he can yeah oh. yeah oh, that is sad i also I like when there's like a hole in the ship and it all it does is like make it really chilly out yeah <laughs> yes oh right that, like... right i was like <laughs> Just wave it away. (laughs) Yeah, there's very incongruous, like, interior consequences to some of these things. Like, also the hit ship gets hit by a meteorite at some point. And Dr. Hans just, like, starts sliding around on his rolly chair. Like, that's the... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, minor turbulence. (laughs) I mean, also he gets trapped under debris and it's just like, help, help. And then we flash back and he's still like, help. Yeah. I was like, really? We're really belaboring this shit. We gotta drive home this trauma to these children. Yeah, I mean it I mean that's what is so interesting about this is there is so much darkness to it and so many character deaths. Like Ernest Borgnine's death is also pretty dark. He freaks out and tries to leave them all behind and then his ship blows up. 
And the way he did yeah. it too, where he suddenly mustache twirly about the whole thing. <laughs> like he was like, we're all going to be heroes. And then he's like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? Fuck you all. I'm leaving you behind. Awesome. Okay. So overall, would you guys recommend? Yes. Um, watch it at least once. Okay. Area. Yeah, I mean, I would say check it out. I had some problems with, you know, the pacing and that I sort of wanted more out of the ending of the movie, but I enjoyed my experience. So I would say check it out. I mean, it's on Disney Plus and it's, you know, you might as well. Yeah. 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 Overall, it's a big thumbs up for me. Everybody watch Black <laughs> Hole. It's good. I mean, maybe it's so bad it's good. I don't know. Whatever it was, I was very, very entertained. All right, cool. All right, so let's talk about Return to Oz. Everybody reading? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. So here's some background on this one. All right. So Disney bought the rights to many of the Oz books and had planned to produce a live action sequel to The Wizard of Oz in the 1950s called The Rainbow Road to Oz, which never was completed. This was the second attempt to make it an Oz film, <laughs> and they went a different direction. <laughs> okay. So this, like The Black Hole, was a major flop when it came out, making back only about 40% of its budget in the U.S. Fortunately, it's a little more successful broad and like the black hole has gone on to become a cult favorite for the people who who did happen to see it as a child and were, were uh, scarred by it, myself included. This is the only film directed by Walter Murch, who was initially fired a week into production and won his job back after Steven Spielberg and George Lucas lobbied in support of him. Oh, interesting. Wow. Yes. Yeah, apparently his pay, he was going so slowly that they were like, no, this is not going to work. So Merch actually edited. He's like, he was a famous editor. Uh, he's He did numerous blockbusters, including Ghost and Apocalypse Now. Wow. Cool. Yeah. All the main plot points and characters in this, which are so insane, are actually in the second and third Oz books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. the Wheelers, whose wheels grow like fingernails. <laughs> Scarecrow, Tin Woodsman, and Coward Lion were originally meant to have much larger roles, but that got scaled back due to budget reasons. Also, because the Scarecrow is a nightmare, <laughs> like come to life. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Emma Ridley, who plays Ozma, also auditioned for the role of Dorothy. Drew Barrymore, Alanis Morissette, and Juliette Lewis all auditioned for Dorothy. Oh, interesting. Ooh. Yeah. Christopher Lloyd and Tim Curry were considered to play the Gnome King. Oh my God! Oh, that would Tim Curry cool. would have been a great Gnome yeah. King. <laughs> yeah, Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd? <laughs> oh, you think? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Okay, all right. Like Max the Maximilian Shell. Here's just like a random. I don't know if it's a thing. Thing. Gump is from the forest, and this movie came out a year before the novel Forest Gump. Just saying. i'm not trying to start a conspiracy here but i'm just saying and finally lyle conway who helped found jim henson's creature shop broke away from henson in the mid 80s and founded his own creature effect shop it was his company which created the animatronic puppets for return to oz lyle also did the voice of gump and interestingly brian henson joined lyle on this film as well as on little shop of horrors two years later Mm. as a puppeteer and as the voice of jack pumpkinhead Mm -hmm. oh okay yeah so those are my fun facts about this movie who has the synopsis for it i do all right so back home in kansas in 1899 young dorothy gale now a child 
wants to talk about her friends and adventures in Oz. Her aunt and uncle de decide she needs medical help and send her to a doctor for what appears to be shock treatment. Dorothy escapes during the storm, and after being carried down a river, she wakes up in the lands of Oz and finds the yellow bl brick road destroyed, the Emerald City in shambles, and almost everyone turned to stone. Determined to make things right, she works with a talking chicken, a Wilfred Brimley army robot, the original Jack Skellington, and a resurrected animal head with a couch for a body to attempt to free the scarecrow from the Gnome King, who is now wearing her ruby slippers. Her chicken, mm -hmm. Belina, turns out to be exactly who Dorothy needs. Oh, no! Oh, terrible! <laughs> All right, Matilda, what did you think about The Return to Oz? So you have talked about this movie for years, and I have always yeah. meant to watch it, but it wasn't until this episode that the I watched is, it. have I overhyped it? Hmm. Um, this is my new favorite movie. Oh, ah, that's amazing! <laughs> the what the fuck factor in this movie is oh, so high. Yes. Oh, right? yes. When she takes her head off. <laughs> yeah so good <laughs> and then when there's the gang of like circus arts ravers who like <laughs> chase her around I don't know like everything about this is great and weird and unlikely and bizarre in the way that I love 80s fantasy to be mm. I was super into Belina who has the same I had to look it up because I thought she had the voice of Ma Otter from Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas but she's actually the same voice actor who plays uh the junk lady in Labyrinth oh okay oh so cool. yeah everything about this was great the rock face that goes oh that communicates what about the chicken like there is no sign of the chicken. Everything about this was delightful and bizarre. So I'm super into it. What did you all think? That rock face animation reminds me of that. Just gives me the creeps. Overall, like, I love this movie. Like, the wheelers used to be terrifying when I'd see them, like, when I was younger. But now I'm kind of like, dude, your back has got to hurt so bad. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> it totally but, hurts yeah, that, my back and they kind of look like the most fun uh gang from the movie the warriors yeah yes. <laughs> they would have been a good addition <laughs> yeah the hall of heads yes. especially when they all start screaming is just still terrifying mm -hmm. <laughs> yes so i had never seen this before <laughs> I'd heard you talk about it before, but I honestly didn't know that much about it. Okay. I was totally surprised and completely delighted by oh, this movie. Oh, hooray! I love this movie so much, and I'm actually kind of heartbroken that I didn't see it as a kid because mm -hmm. those 80s dark fantasy movies were mm -hmm. my favorite. Um, oh, Neverending yeah. Story and Dark Crystal and all mm -hmm. of that. And I feel like this is definitely in that same vein. It's so weird and so much fun all the characters are completely charming Feruza Balk is amazing as, a, mm -hmm. as the Dorothy Gale she's so uh -huh. good and all of the special effects like all the practical effects are really good and when they're not they're still really charming I mean the animatronics for like the chicken and the moose head are all really good and the stop motion stuff for the rock stuff you know the rock mm -hmm. faces and the gnome king were all really great yeah it's like it's like if somebody had read 
all of the Oz books while they had a fever and then immediately wrote the script for this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like they plucked the weirdest, darkest shit out of the two books and were like, all right, let's turn this into a movie. Yeah, yeah, yep. exactly. How do we string these things together? <laughs> <laughs> and I can, I can definitely see why this would have scared kids. I mean, the wheelers, when they first come on, are weird and creepy and princess moby when she takes off her head and the hall of heads like sarah was saying i could see that all being uh pretty creepy but yeah i just i really loved this movie i i don't know that i could find a fault in it honestly amazing okay that's good i i feel like my perception of this movie is so skewed by nostalgia i was like they're either gonna love it or they're gonna be like what (laughs) yeah (laughs) and so i'm delighted to know that it's actually the the former because yeah, I think this movie's. I obviously think this movie's great. I watched. I've seen The Wizard of Oz a handful of times. I've seen this movie way more times because when <laughs> I was a kid, I would watch it over and over and over again to the point where. And I told a little bit of this to you, Ariel, that when I was a kid, I had a really, really high fever, and I watched this movie and I hallucinated that the Gnome King was force feeding me like gemstones and and like hot silver because there's that part where he like tries to. You know, yeah. with the lime, lime, yeah. the limestone pies and stuff. So I fully had like a hallucination about the number, <laughs> and yet I still love this movie. <laughs> yeah, you'd think that would have scared you away from it, <laughs> right? I mean, I knew I liked it, and I thought it was creepy, and I was very like Dorothy identified. But I, as a kid, I don't think I had any idea how totally messed up this movie is. <laughs> So, like, yeah. I still, as an adult watching it, I still love the characters. I still love TikTok. And, like, I still love Dorothy. And, you know, Jack's a little sad. I love the gump, you know. But <laughs> it, there's also this other thing that happens as you watch in a, as an adult, which is, like, really understanding the context of what's happening and how fucked it is. Like, yeah. The movie yeah. starts with Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz strapped to a gurney about to get electric shock therapy yeah it's so because she's too imaginative yeah and they're like they make reference to like the damaged patients in the basement yeah that are just up down there they're like screaming people in the basement when the lights i mean it is so messed up and then the other thing is though is you can watch it two different ways and the movie does not want to arbitrate which interpretation you have on one hand Everything that Dorothy experiences literally happens and she just is in a situation where nobody believes her or she's delusional and everything about Oz that we know is just a figment of her imagination and all caused by fear and trauma. You know, whether it's her house being destroyed by a tornado or the threat of electroshock therapy and or a fire in the hospital. And to the very end, there's no conclusive answer. You can pick whichever adventure you want to go on. It's true. Yeah. Which I just think is really interesting. Right. Right. You could think this was like the prequel to that. um, What was that book? I Never Promised You a Rose Garden. Ooh, I don't know. Did you ever read that? I've never heard of it. No. That was a book about a psychiatric patient in the 60s or 70s who was a young woman who had an entire elaborate fantasy kingdom. Like her hallucinations and delusions were an entire world. It was a big 12-year-old favorite of mine. It's like like a little paperback. (laughs) You can totally find it. It's next to Go Ask Alice in my 12-year-old bedroom. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also couldn't tell at the end. The other thing that was a little ambiguous is like, are her aunt and uncle locking her in that attic? Her new no. room in the attic? Oh, oh I didn't I think know. so because they walk down the stairs at the end. Oh, they do. Okay. At first, because she's yeah, like looking out at her uncle, and I was like, are they locking her in the attic now? Like, is oh, that the God. New That's solution? dark. I hope not. <laughs> Yikes. It's, it is a really dark movie in a lot of ways. When she does go down the river, the little girl, it seems like, drowns. And you're, you basically yeah. are left with the idea that this little girl drowned yeah. until the last, like, ten minutes of the movie when you realize she didn't. Or did she? Or did she, Or yeah. did and ended up there. It's very yeah. true. <laughs> I mean, she's just in the mirror at the end. Yeah, I guess We that's don't true. see her cruising around the old <laughs> farm in Kansas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she went to that farm that pets go to, I think. <laughs> <laughs> she did forgive the Wicked Witch awfully fast also. Like, I forgive her. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, this is, I feel like this is not really a fan. This is a horror movie for children. Yeah. <laughs> there are moments of fun. You know, like I think Belina offers a lot of levity. TikTok is adorable and charming. I love his little mustache. Right? Right. Yes. I love. So the, do you know how they like actually did that effect? No. There is a, a, um, acrobat walking on his hands inside oh shit Ooh. wait why walking on their hands that's why they're able to be so widely spaced oh, oh i see oh. isn't that wild that is wild effects in this i think are actually kind of incredible yeah yes. agreed yeah. oh my god now everybody's um, back hurts in this movie yeah so like i think the first clue that this is not I mean, that this is a horror movie is, for me, is, I mean, aside from the electric shock therapy, is the faces on the rocks that stalk Dorothy and, like, smile malevolently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that is be. terrifying. I mean, as someone who, like, fears seeing faces and things, this might be why is because <laughs> this movie. She doesn't know that she's being stalked by these rocks, but everything she sees, all of the iconography and things that we know from Wizard of Oz have all been destroyed, right? Like the yellow brick road, the munchings are missing. She gets to the Emerald City. It's in ruins. All of her loved ones are dead and turned to stone. And that's before we get to the Wheelers and the Headless Princess. (laughs) Yes. This movie is terrifying. Oz is such a dark and dangerous place in this movie. In the original one, there's definitely like the witch is scary and the, the flying monkeys are scary but there is a sense of wonder and fantasy there whereas this it's not about her trying to get home it's about dorothy in peril the whole time if you are into the interpretation that maybe it is all in dorothy's head and she's like working some shit out think about it dorothy is never safe even when she gets to the place where she's supposed to be safe amongst her friends and loved ones and this links thematically back to the fact that Auntie M, the person who's supposed to be taking care of her, is the person that's putting her in danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And her home is in disrepair. And, you know, there is no safe place for her. And it kind of mirrors how she's feeling at home with her family. So, again, like, you can really interpret this however you want. <laughs> it's super messed up. It, it really, really is. is. Yeah. 
I mean, I love all the stuff with the Gnome King, especially. I thought mm-hmm. that was all really compelling. And, like, when she's having to choose the different objects to try to save her friends or else they'll all just be statues forever. Yeah. It's so dark and creepy, but also really entertaining. And his transformation mm-hmm. from being in the rock to becoming more and more human. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah. And then showing his slippers. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's super creepy how they like tuck back away in yes. his robes. Mm-hmm. I don't usually like the like height of action mm-hmm. scene, but when Bellino <laughs> lays the egg. That was great. Oh, that I was just like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I know because I had kind of forgotten about the whole oh no there's a chicken thing until right. that moment. Yeah. <laughs> Bellino was great. Yeah. And then his eye like clouds over. Yeah. yeah. His death scene is intense. Well dude. and then all of the different wall like all the walls and all the tiny stone creatures just melt. Oh it's so great. Yeah. <laughs> So much. I actually think the Gnome King is a really interesting villain too. Mm-hmm. Like once you get mm-hmm. to know his motivation, you're like, he. I kind of get not, it. Yeah, it's not like yeah. I just want power and I'm gonna take over the world. He has an axe to grind. Of course, he hates the Emerald City. Yeah, like, they he's stole been his robbed. Emeralds. And he was like, before the ruby slippers landed there, he was powerless to do anything about it. When you find out why he's doing it, it's not that I agree with it, and it's pretty messed up that he's turning everybody into stone and whatever, but. There's actually a motivation to a villain character that is a little more sophisticated than, like, because I want power. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting. I also loved a lot of the costuming in this. I mean, the wheelers Mm. are awesome. uh, Princess Mombi's dress is really great, too. (gasps) I love the sound it makes when she walks. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. so cool. And when she has to bow to the Gnome King and, like, all the spikes are just standing up like she's a porcupine. It was great. Lower. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even Lower. (laughs) The assistant to the doctor, her shoulders. Yeah, that's Those true. shoulders oh were like Cersei level shoulders. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, the sounds of the headless body snoring. Yeah, when yes. when Dorothy's like going in to steal the the key, and it's just like this gargly snore, and you're like, oh, that's a neck hole sound. <laughs> <laughs> neck hole. It's so gross. <laughs> messed up yeah and i love their escape scene too where she puts the gump together yeah the couches and then they go like flying through with palm fronds as wings Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think gump is probably my favorite character yeah he's great he's great i really liked jack's character design too i thought Mm -hmm. he looked really good i wasn't a super fan of him calling dorothy mom it was weird yeah Yeah. it was upsetting (laughs) it was weird unnecessary but um his design was really cool the scarecrow though <laughs> i don't know what they were Whoa. thinking with that yeah, i mean no. all three that of them just... were like a no man those are that's gonna be a no for me yeah the redesigning of the three original characters was a little not great like no. it's probably best that they didn't use them because all the other characters looked so cool i mean mm-hmm. the scarecrow he doesn't look terrible it's just unsettling he looks fine in the painting of him. Yeah. But the 3D yeah. version of him is Ooh. nightmare fuel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. He's like, hi, Dorothy. I'm like, no, get away. Yeah, same <laughs> Don't with the get tin in his man. van. Yeah. 
Yeah, they barely yeah. showed the Tin Man. Like at the yeah. end when she's saying goodbye to all of them and she hugs. She doesn't even say goodbye to the yeah, Tin Man. Yeah, she doesn't say goodbye to him at all. I know, that's cold, man. Yeah. I know he doesn't have a heart, but that's cold. <laughs> <laughs> and am I right that like Tim Burton clearly loves this movie because the Jack Skellington mm. that eventually comes True. out. Yeah. Oh, is yeah. It's so totally. clearly. Yeah. So any other thoughts, Sarah? Yeah. I know you said you were looking forward to revisiting it. Did it hold up? It did. It's just so, like Matilda said, it's just so, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, I I really love this. I'm so glad you made us watch it because it's one of those things where sometimes if you miss a movie when you were a kid, you just yeah. never bother to re, you know yeah. to go back and try to catch up. And I probably would have done that with this one. I'm so glad that we watched it because it's all the things I loved as a kid. And it's, I just love how delightfully weird it is. All the characters are so charming. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm really, really glad that I got to see it. Oh, I'm so glad. Final thoughts, Matilda? I just thought it was great. And I'm so glad you you picked this one and pivoted to this because it was, it was kind of like this great combination of like Labyrinth and Clash of the Titans for me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Awesome. Yep. This movie definitely holds up for me. It has a very special place in my heart. I'm super excited. I got to share it with you guys. Hopefully it means people who have, who maybe like Ariel and Matilda missed it the first time will finally get around to going back now. It's on Disney+. Plus. You need some good quarantine watch. And uh, I feel like this is weird enough that horror fans will love it, but also just like gentle enough that your anxiety will keep your anxiety at bay <laughs> yeah walks that fine line <laughs> perfect <laughs> quarantine viewing mm-hmm. awesome all right so i would recommend obviously how about you guys no oh, strong recommend yeah 100 percent. yeah cool 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 all right so listener feedback we actually got some listener feedback this time Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. all right so we got a letter from our friend Maisie, the friend of the pod who had she pointed out something that we really blew it and missed particularly you matilda <laughs> not oh. about it don't worry you're not really getting called out don't worry okay so hey rachel i've been recently uh binging a bunch of movies to catch up on the zombie girls episodes because of COVID 19 and everything else that's happening in the usa it makes it hard to have the brain power to do much of anything but i digress i was just listening to your episode on velocipaster and tammy and the t-rex you guys we engined the weird exorcist dude who looks like a pickup artist. So I have some background here, which I'm kind of surprised that you, Rachel, or Matilda, as current slash former goths, don't know. No judgments, obviously. <laughs> but he's still pretty niche, even for goths. Haha. That is Aurelio Voltaire. Do you know who that is? No. no okay. So he is now. a musical artist known for doing a lot of parody type songs. Think goth weird owl. Huh. No? Okay. All right. Oh, I'm All going right. down so a far- YouTube hole later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is oh, very I got a link to send you. He has also written books on gothic homemaking and does a series about it on his YouTube oh. channel. Oh. Do you know who this is? I think so. <laughs> okay. What's the name again? His name is Aurelio Voltaire. Keep on podcasting, loves. You're the best, Maisie. 
Thank you, that Macy. That was awesome. Thanks, Macy. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So I'm glad that it's when even when she referenced it, I was like, say what now? <laughs> <laughs> so like, I'm very glad I'm not the only one that had no idea. But it sounds like Macy just like opened our lives and our minds to a whole new thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, great. So if like Maisie, you have something you want to share with us, something we missed, um, some comments on these movies, you liked them, you didn't, whatever, whatever the case may be, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at rachel at zombiegirls.com or you can head over to our Facebook page, which you should do anyway, because it's awesome and hit us up over there. And if you're enjoying the show, we just ask you to do us a big favor and leave us a review on iTunes. And if you're looking for something to watch tonight, we're all in quarantine. We got stuff. We got we got, a, we got hours to fill. And if you want to know what the latest in horror, VOD, and streaming is, we have a calendar on the Zombie Girls webpage. Head over to zombiegirls.com and check out our calendar with links to all the, the latest stuff. So we can all get through this one movie at a time. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, so we don't have any ZGBG because we're holding off till the Jodes is back. So let's just go ahead and knock out our streaming pick and then we'll wrap it up. So this is a movie that we have talked about in the What You've Been Watching that just showed up on Netflix, and I enjoyed it, and I think Ariel enjoyed it as well. It's called One BR, or One Bedroom. I'm not sure what you're actually supposed to say, but it's literally one the number one BR. And it's on Netflix, and it is about – here's a description from, from Netflix. New to Los Angeles, a woman moves into a seemingly perfect apartment complex. And soon finds out there are consequences for breaking the rules. So I really enjoyed this movie. It is, uh, it has kind of culty vibes to it. It goes places I was not necessarily expecting. Has some fun little twisty twists. And I think a pretty cool ending. What about you, Ariel? Yeah, I really like this one. I just kind of took a flyer on it. I had never heard of it. Uh-huh. And uh, watched it a few months back and was really surprised at how good it was. It's very entertaining. And like Rachel said, it's got cult stuff. It's got a great ending, good acting. I would totally recommend this one. Definitely. Awesome. All right. I guess that is it for our next, uh, for this uh, episode. Uh, next episode, I think we haven't figured out what exactly it's going to be paired with, but we're going to be covering Antebellum. Yes. Mm, yes. Which I'm really looking forward to that's coming out on video on demand next time. All right. So until then, who would like to take us out? I'll do it. All right, Sarah, take us out. All right. Thanks for listening to another episode of Zombie Girls. Be sure to contact us. Let us know what you think of these movies. Have a good one. Bye. Bye, Bye. everybody. Bye, everybody.